Chapter Four of Gunsight Pass: How Oil Came to the Cattle Country and Brought a New West by William McLeod Rain. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Paint Hoss Disappears. Wakened by the gong, Dave lay luxuriously in the warmth of his blankets. It was not for several moments that he remembered the fight or the circumstances leading to it. The grin that lit his boyish face at thought of its unexpected conclusion was a fleeting one, for he discovered that it hurt his face to smile. Briskly he rose and grunted, Ouch! His sides were sore from the rib-squeezing of Miller's powerful arms. Byington walked out to the remuda with him. How's the man-tamer this glad morning? he asked of Dave. Fine and dandy, old lizard. You sure got the deadwood on him when your spurs got into action. A man's like a watermelon. You can't tell how good he is till you thump him. Miller is right biggity, and they say he's sudden death with a gun. But when it comes down to cases, he hadn't the guts to go through and stand the gaff. He's been living soft too long, don't you reckon? No, sir. He just didn't have the sand in his craw to hang on and finish you off whilst you was ripping up his legs. Dave roped his mount and rode out to meet Chiquito. The Pinto was an aristocrat in his way. He preferred to choose his company, was a little disdainful of the cowpony that had no accomplishments. Usually he grazed a short distance from the remuda, together with one of Bob Hart's string. The two ponies had been brought up in the same bunch. This morning, Dave's whistle brought no nicker of joy, no thud of hoofs galloping out of the darkness to him. He rode deeper in the desert. No answer came to his calls. At a canter, he cut across the plain to the Wrangler. That young man had seen nothing of Chiquito since the evening before, but this was not at all unusual. The cowpuncher returned to camp for breakfast and got permission of the foreman to look for his missing horses. Beyond the flats was a country creased with draws and dry arroyos. From one to another of these Dave went without finding a trace of the animals. All day he pushed through cactus and mesquite heavy with gray dust. In the late afternoon he gave up for the time and struck back to the flats. It was possible that the lost Broncos had rejoined the remuda of their own accord, or had been found by some of the riders gathering up strays. Dave struck the herd trail and followed it toward the new camp. A horseman came out of the golden west of the sunset to meet him. For a long time he saw the figure rising and falling in the saddle, the pony moving in the even fox-trot of the cattle country. The man was Bob Hart. Found him? shouted Dave when he was close enough to be heard. No, and we won't, not this side of Lappy. Those scalawags didn't make camp last night. They kept traveling. If you ask me, they're moving yet, and they've got our broncs with them. This had already occurred to Dave as a possibility. Any proof? he asked quietly. A plenty. I've been riding on the point all day. Three, four times we cut trail of five horses— Two of the five are being ridden. My four-bits hoss has got a broken front hoof. So has one of the five. Moving fast, are they? You're damn whistling. They're hiving off for parts unknown. Malappy first off, looks like. They got friends there. 
Steelman and his outfit will protect them while they hunt cover and make a getaway. Miller mentioned Denver before the race. Said he was figuring on going there. Maybe. He was probably lying. You can't tell. Point is, we've got to get busy. My notion is, we'd better make a bee-line from Lappy right away, proposed Bob. We'll travel all night. No use wasting any more time. Doug Doble received their decision sourly. It don't tickle me a heap to be left short-handed because you two boys have got an excuse to get to town quicker. Hart looked him straight in the eye. Call an excuse if you want to. We're after a pair of short-horned crooks that stole our horses. The foreman flushed angrily. Don't come bellyaching to me about your broom tails. I ain't got em. We know who's got em, said Dave evenly. What we want is a wage check so we can cash it at Malapi. You don't get it, returned the big foreman bluntly. We pay off when we reach the end of the drive. I notice you pay your brother and Miller when we gave an order for it, Hart retorted with heat. A different proposition. They hadn't signed up for this drive like you boys did. You'll get what's coming to you when I pay off the others. You'll not get it before. The two riders retired sulkily. They felt it was not fair, but on the trail the foreman is an autocrat. From the other riders they borrowed a few dollars and gave in exchange orders on their paychecks. Within an hour they were on the road. Fresh horses had been roped from the Remuda and were carrying them at an even Spanish jog-trot through the night. The stars came out clear and steady above a ghostly world at sleep. The desert was a place of mystery, a vast space peopled by strange and misty shapes. The plain stretched vaguely before them. Far away was the thin outline of the range which enclosed the valley. The riders held their course by means of that trained sixth sense of direction their occupation had developed. They spoke little. Once a coyote howled dismally from the edge of the mesa. For the most part, there was no sound except the chuffing of the horse's movements and the occasional ring of a hoof in the baked ground. The gray dawn, shifting into the sky, found them still traveling. The mountains came closer, grew more definite. The desert flamed again, dry, lifeless, torrid beneath a sky of turquoise. Dust eddies whirled in the inverted cones, wind devils playing in spirals across the sand. Tablelands, mesas, wide plains, desolate lava stretches. Each in turn was traversed by these lean, grim, bronzed riders. They reached the foothills and left behind the desert shimmering in the dancing heat. In a deep gorge, where the hill creases gave them shade, the punchers threw off the trail, unsaddled, hobbled their horses, and stole a few hours' sleep. In the late afternoon they rode back to the trail through a draw, the ponies wading fetlock-deep in yellow, red, blue, and purple flowers. The mountains across the valley looked in the dry heat as though made of papier-mâché. Closer at hand the undulations of sand-hills stretched toward the pass for which they were making. A mule-deer started out of a dry wash and fled into the sunset light. The long, stratified faces of rock escarpments caught the glow of the sliding sun and became battlemented towers of ancient story. The riders climbed steadily now, no longer engulfed in the ground swell of land waves. 
they breathed an air like wine strong pure bracing presently their way led them into a hill pocket which ran into a gorge of pinions stretching toward gunsight pass the stars were out again when they looked down from the other side of the pass upon the lights of malapi End of chapter 4